This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hi, Mary Goulet. Hello. Richie Ote. What's up, baby? Hello, hello. Oh, White Wade's holding it down in the studio. Kelly's got it under control back at headquarters, and I am excited for today's show, and uh, hopefully you feel the same. Uh, happy holidays in terms of that would be a New Year thingy to you, so happy New Year to you, 2018. Yeehaw. Ah, man. Uh, in the next sound off, I want to talk about uh, planning, uh, although I will say this. It's not my turn. I, 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 took, the, I took the lead on, on that first sound off. And, uh, and it's not my turn. I forgot we're a democracy now. So uh, actually, Mary, it'll be totally up to you. But at some point, when I circle back, uh, I'll, I'll talk about planning. Because um, be real curious to see what you guys have in store here for 2018 and, uh, and what sort of plans you've laid around it. But we'll talk about that on another episode. Because this episode, uh, and thanks for joining us if you're listening to us live. Yay! Welcome. Uh, don't forget you can join the conversation at 866 2346. You can give us a jingle. We'll be more than happy to chat with you if you join us live every Thursday uh, from 12 until 2 Pacific. That would be 3 p.m. till 5 p.m. Eastern. And if you're listening to this on the podcast edition, then welcome to the podcast edition of the show. And uh, we do certainly appreciate those who have taken the time to rate and review and subscribe to the show. And uh, if you have not yet done that, well, please do because we'd love to hear your thoughts on Reinvention Radio. Our guests, uh, of course, the sound off, and what is your what Wednesday, Soulful Sunday, and so on. So, man, I, I am super excited. Uh, oops, sorry, Mary Gilly, I just kicked you under the table there. That's um, okay. Because we have a, a very special guest on today, Ms. Julia Neiman, and, uh, and we're going to be bringing her on here in just a moment or two. But, you know, when you, when you talk about just being able to reinvent your life, uh, literally, I, I mean, I believe you can change your life on a dime. Right, I, I believe you're one choice away from wrecking whatever. your life or making it. <laughs> well, that is true, right? Yeah, I mean, literally, that is that is very true. All you got to do is drive, and uh, and you know how clear that statement is. So, what happens if I don't turn the wheel? Oh, that's a wreck of my life, and yeah. So, I I can appreciate that, Mary Well said, but it's it's interesting, right? How we face certain circumstances in our lives and some of those circumstances are tougher than others. Mm -hmm. And at any point uh, when we're facing something that puts us in transition or makes our lives uh, more difficult than we expected, again, you can make it better or you can wreck it. Right. Yeah. And my, my beloved, uh, actually decided to go back to school when she was 40. And that's when so she was a Chicago public school teacher. Uh, and once we had our children, she stopped working just so she could be at home with them while they were in their uh, developmental years. And so when she turned 40 and our uh, youngest just had turned five, she actually went back to school to get a degree in mortuary science. And has now been a funeral director and embalmer ever since. Uh, so she's been doing that, you know, now for some time. But a lot of people think you can't do it. You just, you, I've got too many years into this, so how can I do that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and this woman uh, who we're going to have on here, and Wade, why don't we go ahead and bring Julie up here. Uh, you know, this, this woman has a pretty interesting story, for sure, I mean, an interesting story, uh, of reinvention and having to start over at uh, basically 60, right? So it, that's, uh, that's pretty accurate, right, Julie? It was about 60 when you found yourself having to completely start over? Exactly. I was exactly 60. Yeah. Yeah, and it so it was really scary. <laughs> I bet you know. I was just watching this. Uh, do you guys watch The Prophet at all, Julie? Do you ever watch the show The Prophet? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yes, every week. I love that show. I love that show too. He did a uh, special before the holidays from Puerto Rico. Oh no! Did you, yep. did, you did you see I don't that? Even know what it is? Yeah, I did. Puerto Rico. It's a country. No in, profit. Uh, oh, the show. The profit. profit. Oh, um, every opportunity you get. <laughs> so, um, so he did this episode from Puerto Rico uh, where he was talking about. Uh, just obviously everything that was going on there in like 90 days, 120 days after this hurricane, people still without power, roofs, walls. I mean, it was, it's horrible. And there was a, a couple that they interviewed who had been there for 20-something-odd years, uh, and they literally lost everything. You know, they had raised their kids there, and this hurricane came through, blew through, took everything, right, just gone. Hmm. And you, ne- you just never know what, uh, what life's going to throw at you, and they had to completely start over. They decided to move out of Puerto Rico and go – uh, to Chicago of all places because that's where they had family, uh, but they had nothing, right? So they had wow. everything and then they had nothing, and obviously no choice. You got you got to start over. And uh, Julie, I mean, that was kind of your situation, right? I mean, you were uh, well. I'll let you tell your story, the abbreviated version, because you've given us a whole lot here to go on. So the abbreviated okay. version, <laughs> but uh, basically, long story short, you got uh, you, you were working for uh, an organization that basically shut down. Uh, and That's it, right. Why, I was, I was a clinical social worker in the foster care system. So I worked with teenagers in foster care. And just one day the agency said, okay, you've got today to pack up your stuff and go. We're shutting the doors. Mm-hmm. The state has pulled our license and put us out of business, and that was because they were mismanaging the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were doing illegal things, and they got caught. And suddenly I was without a job. I was two months without a paycheck from them, no reimbursement for all the things we usually got reimbursed from, and they stole our 401K. Wow. So I left there with them owing me, not counting the 401K, but $10,000 just in salary and reimbursements. Mm -hmm. So I started out in debt (laughs) and then had to figure out what I was going to do from there. And I have to tell you, that was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my life. But you know what? I came out a stronger person for it. I was just going to say that adversity does have a bright side to it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's... It does, Mary, because it really, it forced me. I mean, I was 60. I did try for a whole year. This happened, like, the, the month before my 60th birthday. And I tried for a whole year to get a job in my field, but that's when the state of California was on the verge of bankruptcy back in 2009, and the state decided that they were only going to hire interns because they couldn't afford to pay the salary. Mm. So they said to me, sorry, lady, you're not getting a job. Yikes. Yeah, And, and that's when be- I decided, yeah, I had to change my life. Makes you become more creative. It does. And luckily, choice, right? I was able to take the work that I was doing and, you know, my career that I was really overeducated for and take all of that experience and turn that into what I do now, and what I do now is I teach the values and the habits of entrepreneurship to teenagers. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Is, so, because, you know, something you didn't mention, and, and it's more about just reinventing. For me, I reinvented myself, but my what, this is my what, is to teach this to teenagers, and my global mission is to get this around the world, because something nobody talks about, I don't hear this in a conversation anywhere, that youth unemployment around the globe is a major crisis situation right mm-hmm. now. It's a full-blown crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So... Just want to, I just want to take a couple of, of steps back because, obviously, based on the earlier work that you did and based on the work that you're doing now, uh, you've you've worked with mm, I don't want to call them lost, but you, you've worked with teens that have had their fair share of uh, of challenges. I think is the best best way to put it. Yep. Uh, and so you you were drawn into the foster care system because of your your love for kids, or why did you start pursuing the foster care system as as uh, your primary means for uh, for employment? Okay, well, that that's a whole story unto itself, too. So I actually was uh, in publishing. I What I really wanted to do was be a writer, and that's what I went to UCLA for. I started out, but I kept getting put in the path of children and kids, and so I just gave into it and got my degree in child development and child psychology. And then I worked with in special education. I didn't like the classroom. I got out of that. I went back to um, publishing. I worked for Peterson Publishing for a while. And then I got a job. This woman wanted me to help her write her dissertation and, and research it. I was an academic researcher as well. So I helped her with the research and get that all together. Um, and I actually got a Ph.D. education out of it, which was awesome. Wow. And, and she owned a foster care agency. Jesus. And so we created a really fabulous relationship, and she hired me. She wanted me to come work for her. She actually paid to send me back to get my master's in social work. Wow. So, yeah. my God. So I, I just now, now we're going to bounce between timelines here for a quick uh, hot minute. But you... You have a Ph.D. and a master's. You were 60 years of age when the rug was pulled out from under you, and you couldn't find employment, largely because, what, you were at the top of the pay scale? There was, yep. there was yep, no... Yeah, I was at the top of the pay scale, and the state of California decided to hire interns yeah. in order to save money. So had you yeah. given thought to going and, and teaching? Because, uh, you know, there's, well, PhDs, you could, you could have been a, a professor of some sort, right? You could have gone to the, the well, university route. I don't. I am actually all but dissertation, mm. because I was working with her. She put me through the class, but... She didn't follow through and finish the the dissertation, gotcha. and so okay. we're all we're all but dissertation. So I got the education though in public administration, mm-hmm. okay. and that that benefited me in big ways. I mean, it allowed me to do a lot of really big projects with the county of Los Angeles. So I have some amazing experience. I mean, I'm so grateful for her to push me forward that way, mm-hmm. you know. But and it really helped me with what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I don't know, I love working with these kids and working, I, what I realized was nobody was teaching them skills that they really needed for the world. This is when I became really aware that education is really not teaching kids what they need to know today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, for sure. 
you know, and, and these kids can't get a job. What actually happened to me, this is, to me, this is my signature story of how I got to where I am today, is that one of my clients came home one day, and you know, because I was a clinical social worker, my, my clients all had mental health issues. And so this one young man had a bipolar issues as well as a myriad of other things. And he had just gotten a job the day before, and he quit the second day, and he came in the, in my office, and he said, I quit my job. And I'm like, what? I mean, I felt like he, I got gut-punched. Mm. And he said, I don't like the way they talk to me. And that was a really <laughs> pivotal moment in my life that yeah. changed the way I did everything. You talk about reinvention, I, right, like right on the spot. I reinvented my job, and I realized that if I didn't do something and help these kids in some way find a way to earn money doing what they love to do, that they would stick to it, that they were going to be on welfare the whole rest of their lives mm -hmm. and a drain on the system. And that wasn't okay with me because my clients weren't dumb. They just had issues. Yeah. And so, so I sat him down, and we had a conversation, and I said, well, what do you, you know, what skills do you have? He wanted to be a professional skateboarder, but he had no skills. He was on a lot of medication. He didn't, was very uncoordinated, but I didn't want to quash his dreams. So rather than say to him, okay, well, you're never going to be a skateboarder. What else can you do? I said, well, is there anything that you can do that can be related to skateboarding while you're working on your skills? So I reframed the whole conversation into something positive, and he said, I can draw. And, oh, my God, he showed me some of his drawings. He could have been an animator at Disney. He was that good. Mm. He just couldn't yeah. handle working for somebody else and being told what to do. So, um, so I suggested that he start doing artwork to customize skateboards. Mm -hmm. And he came back the very next day. He was so excited. The next day he had 12 new designs. And where is he today? Sitting... What's that? Where is he today? He's still doing this, but on a really small scale because he still has the same issues, right? The same mental health issues. So he's doing a lot of local work. And he's making enough money. He has an apartment. He has a car. He's eating well. He dresses well. And he's just working locally. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm really happy for him that he was able to stick with that. That's awesome. And, you know, we didn't even know what to do. Like, what do we do with these designs? So... I called the person that manufactured skateboards, and the guy said, well, I have an artist in-house, but let me have a look. We sent the pictures over, and the next day he bought four of them. So mm. within 48 hours, this young man had his own business. Nice. Yeah, no, that's, And that's, that's really, what really put good. me on the path I'm on today. Yeah, so let me ask you this, because I think there's a, there's a bigger mission play here that uh, – Perhaps you've been able to articulate, and perhaps I'm just reading between the lines and and surmising based on what you're saying. But when when you think about what happens when our youth are disenfranchised and don't feel like they have a future, uh, is that the bigger mission at play here? Is is you believe since they are in fact the future uh, of our society, is that where? Your true mission is that is to try to kind of save the the rest of us. If we've got you know millions of kids out there who don't know what to do, or they're just going to do anything they want, which of course could be a scary proposition. Are, are you trying to save the rest of us by helping these kids? I I think so because this crisis, if this is not addressed, this is going to affect the economy of the entire planet. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, worldwide, this is truly a crisis, a full-blown crisis right now. And most people don't realize this, but the millennial generation, there are more people from the millennial generation in the workforce than any other generation right now, today. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the kinds of jobs they have, though, they're mostly part-time jobs because full-time jobs don't exist that much. You look at companies like Macy's, who just announced they're laying off another 5,000 people, and that's like how many tens of thousands so far they've laid off. They're shutting down stores. Walmart went from hiring full-time to hiring only part-time, so they don't have to pay any benefits. So our kids are basically living hand-to-mouth. This puts them at home a lot longer. They're having to stay at home because they can't afford housing. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's this vicious cycle. And if we can't do something to bring them out of this cycle, then we've got some serious issues that are going to be uh, hitting us in the face pretty soon. Yeah, and, and what do you think? I mean, because, you know, we're talking about, and I think we're, we'll end up naming this Reinventing Youth Employment, which is uh, where you were leaning towards this, but we'll see what it ends up shaking out as. But but my concern about this whole subject, uh, and you can correct me at any point here if I'm wrong, but aren't we looking at most of those jobs that are done now by minimum wage workers? Aren't we looking at the majority of those jobs going away anyway, right, in yeah. terms of automation and in terms of, uh, I mean, AI and, and VR and God knows what else. So, I mean, a lot of those jobs that our youth are going into, those won't exist anyway, right? So That's exactly right. And let's let's look at Walmart as an example, okay, because they recently announced that within the next decade, 90% of the jobs are going in their retail stores are going away, and they're going to be done by AI, by robots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Amazon, you start to see some of that uh, with, with Amazon and delivery. I mean, Rich, obviously, you can speak That's to this. That's right, got with the your, drone your delivery, right? They yeah. don't need they need yeah. one human in the factory to work the drones, right? Maybe two. And that's the same thing with Walmart. They said they're going to have maybe two people in the store in case something goes wrong with the robots. (laughs) Yeah, they're already testing that. They're going to be greeting you as you walk in the door. I mean, I don't shop there now. I don't plan to shop there in the future Mm -hmm. um, because I don't really enjoy it. But but the experience is going to be all robots, stocking the shelves, greeting people. It's going to be self-checkout. So Richie, what what what, you, what do the youth what do you what do the youth need to be thinking about, man? In your opinion, Rich, making drones. <laughs> no, I, right? <laughs> hey, that's well, smart. <laughs> For real. I I mean, I'm a well. Just quick comment on this Walmart thing. They're doing two things going on. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of what she's talking about, but it's a project beta testing in a few different stores right now. Mm-hmm. And they're also going upstream. They're doing something. A secret project. Well, kind I think of. it's called Project Youth Elimination. If no, I no. The, the, the upstream, yeah. <laughs> the upstream one they're doing is called Store Number Eight, and they're actually going after super rich, high-end moms in New York City for private delivery and all this kind of stuff. They're they're yeah. realizing how much is going yep. into the high end, and they're realizing they've they've kind of um, the they they they're trying to figure out a way to get to other markets without offending their current markets. Sure. And right. so, so they're building these other businesses, and they've partnered up with Google because Google and Siri should be crushing this voice stuff. Mm-hmm. And and like a Trojan horse, they've done the whole time. Amazon just flew up underneath these guys and are dominating these people. So yeah. 
they're, right. They have to partner together now. Google and Walmart partnered just to get these costs down for the Google Home to 29 bucks, and, and just to try to catch right. up. It's insane. Um, but I think, you know, it's something that I wish I'd have, when I was growing up, times like this, I think it's the greatest time in the history of the world for the youth if there's people like yourself that are teaching them the skill sets because they're the ones that are going to explore and try things that adults that are kind of locked into their way of thinking, you know, old dog, new tricks style stuff, they won't do. So, um, so what do you, what do you think Julia should be teaching? Like she, she has a forum right now and and we, you, you're going to have a forum with your daughter. I mean, you know, you Mary obviously have a forum with, with your kids. What, what does this conversation need to sound like? Well, we have, we have a similar path. You, in Julie and I, that I, she's doing it with youth. I'm just kind of doing it with artists. I believe I'm here on this planet to help artists make between like 75 and 250 G a year, mm-hmm. right? Just doing their thing. Well, I think the youth are very similar in that, that I think the things that can't be animated or excuse me, automated are the things they should be focusing on. They should be mm-hmm. focusing on creativity. They should be focusing on sciences and art and entertainment and these things that aren't going to go away. Think of like, I don't like alcohol. I don't drink alcohol, but it's a good business. Yeah. You know, when times are good, yep. people celebrate. When times are bad, they drown their sorrows. So exactly. it's a good business. Well, entertainment is very similar in that. And so regardless, if you can entertain and make people enjoy or see something different there'll always be a market for that and i think that market is underestimated think back when we were youth and they told us to get off the computer because we had to go to school to learn how to make money and now you got kids (laughs) that are making we should have stayed on it right you should have stayed on the computer so yeah Yeah, i think she's on point just and just play into what they love and what they'll put the time into and i think the small nuance is that, hey, do something you love, but that doesn't mean you're going to love every moment of getting yeah, better right. at that thing. That's and life, that's right? the caveat. That's right. You won't love every moment of it. Yeah. So, Julia. That's right. No, you're. Yeah, go Richard, ahead. you're really on to something there because, um, you know, it, it, it's the, the person that can figure out how to keep people entertained, how to serve them, how to meet their needs. Those are the people that are going to do well in the future. Yeah, I and mean, you education. can pick something that you're. I always encourage young people. I encourage everybody. I work with adults too, but mm-hmm. I encourage young people to find something that they're really passionate about. We have exercises we go through for them to identify things that they really love doing, and then we look at how can you monetize that? How can you build a business about it? Um, I did an interview for my launch with one man who wanted to be a whitewater rafting uh, leader. And mm-hmm. so he learned how to whitewater raft, and he went out and he started doing, and for four years he made a fabulous living doing that and then decided it was time to move on to something else. But he had a great time. People paid him money. People came back again the next year because he enjoyed it so much that they picked up on his passion, and he was really happy. And that's another thing, another like layer here, if you have people who are doing what they're happy about, there are more positive people in the world. I'm really big on self, you know, improvement and self-development, and, and I'm a big believer in the more positive energy you put out in the world, the more positive the world will be. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So I encourage that. You know, my yeah. my second yeah. book was called "Pick from the Passion Tree." Mm. Well, let, let, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that because we'll uh, unfortunately come up against the wall here fairly soon. But I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the monetize your passion academy. I mean, academy. That, that that is. That, so so just so I'm clear, and this is an interesting story as well, we don't need to go into all of the details, but you talk about just kind of how the universe works in funny ways. I mean, you got nixed from the job uh, through no fault of your own. You found yourself just really at, at, at ground zero trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Uh, stumbled across Marsha Wieda's work with uh, with Dream University, I think is what you Dream University, yeah. yeah. And got a scholarship for that, and then came into Rich Gurman's world, and he has a program called, it is Monetize Your Passion, right? That's right. He so, wrote the book. <laughs> okay, so he wrote a book called Monetize Your Passion. You That's came across right. that, and then you approached him and said, hey, I'd like to take a, an online, I'd like to create an online course out of this. Just, I'm just curious how, step us through that, because there are people out there who may have read a book, <clears throat> what is your what, may have read a book, you know, from people hmm. or something, you know, and, and they want to do something with it but don't know how or, or what did you do? I, I, I want to understand that. Well, as I was trying to figure out what my next step was going to be, I came across Rich's, um, the book, Monetize Your Passion, and this is brilliant. He gave the book away. He never charged a nickel. Mm-hmm. He gave the book away to raise money for his um, nonprofit, which was Generation Y, which was to get homeless kids off the street. So right away, I discovered that we had something in common, which was helping young people. And uh, so I, I got his book, and I made a donation. He raised $35,000 in a couple of days, giving the book away for free. Mm. Wow. So I was really impressed by that. So I connected with him, and I got his self-study course called Monetize Your Passion. And I thought, wow, this is really for me. And then suddenly he offered... A 12-month training. Uh, and so I signed up for that. I hired him as my coach, and I, I signed up for that. That was an amazing year. And that's when I started developing this. And then I just had a conversation with him, and I said, you know, this program would be great for young people. Can I adapt it? You know, do, would you mind? Mm. He said, it's yours. Take it. Do what you want with it. Wow. Wow. So no licensing yeah. fee, no payment on, on any of your nope. sales? Wow, nothing. Interesting. Nope. Nothing. He just said, it's yours. Do what you want with it. Because he was already moving on to what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah. All right. And we've had right. Rich on the so show. So you can he take was really happy that I wanted to take it and do something for young people with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, like I said, we, we've had Rich on the show. So you can check out the archives there and find the show we did with Rich Gurman. Uh, but I, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. So the Monetize Your Passion Academy, is it ostensibly the same work, or did you did you modify it to give it your own spin, and now you're, you're out teaching this in, in classrooms, you're going to youth associations? Like, how are you actually then monetizing your passion? So those two questions. Okay, so uh, basically, it, yes, I adapted it. I, it's basically the same program. And we just adapted it for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, we changed, we put in graphics, and we made it really nice. And I got a curriculum writer, and we actually wrote a professional curriculum so that we can eventually license it into schools. 
uh, and anywhere else that wants to use it. It would be great for nonprofit agencies that work with young people. So what I'm doing is I just launched Monetize Your Passion Academy online. As you well know, Steve, because I interviewed you about podcasting. Yeah. So you are a mentor. Yeah in the academy and i really appreciate that it was a great interview yeah. and um... and so we teach kids we start out with the mindset piece because i think that that's really important if you're not in the right mindset it's really hard to get going mm-hmm. and it's really hard to stick with it because all of you know as people that work for yourselves you know that you have to have a certain commitment you have to have a certain mindset you have to be ready to get up every day and do the work that needs to be done mm-hmm. so yeah. we start them out with that and and to me i consider that like building a foundation first we teach the mindset then we teach the habits and the values and then we teach them the skills mm-hmm. and we help them actually the whole second half of the program is, is having them identify their passion. We look at a business. We figure out what the right business model is for what they want to do, and then we get them started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's really, So it's really all good. online at monetizeyourpassionacademy.com. Yeah, terrific. So we're at the, uh, we're at the beginning of the, the year here, uh, kind of a, a blank slate, right? I mean, you can do – Anything you want in this moment and uh, in every moment that follows, what, uh, what, what is on the, the Julia Neiman agenda for, for this coming year? What, what do you hope to get done? Well, my, I chose a word for this year, which is collaboration. I have been, the last part of last year, started uh, making amazing connections and relationships and building my network worldwide. And I'm now collaborating with people in seven countries, to get this program to their clients, their young clients. And uh, so I'm teaching it in seven countries there. I'm in another classroom where I'm teaching entrepreneurship, not exactly my program, but excerpts from it, to over 5,000 students in 75 countries. And I teach a weekly class in there. And so that's my mission, is to end youth employment worldwide by getting this information to them and helping them actually start businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it so is amazing. It's, when you think about what can be done online and, and how you know, you've got literally kids out there who are making really good money. And so yeah. I think part of the it's – it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, on one hand – it's possible to to do that. I mean, there there are kids out there who have YouTube channels, right? And uh, and what right. do they do? They, they they open up toys, right? And they play with toys and they give their honest feedback on those toys. And you've got kids making you know six figures, and people are shipping them free toys. It's like yeah, that's exactly uh, right. We're probably thinking about the same young man whose father helped him get started by doing the videos for him. Mm-hmm. It started as a fun project, yeah. And people started sending him toys. This kid is making more than a million dollars a year. He was six years old when he started. Are you are you talking about what's inside? They, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah the, I don't know the, name the of it, but dad yeah. and dad and son they cut things open, like cut a yeah. baseball open, and here's what oh, it looks no, like. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, yeah, this, this, this kid actually it. just this plays with kid. the toys yeah. and reviews the toys. Mm. Oh, yeah. The, okay, I, I'm going to start a new one called What Happens When It's Set on Fire, and that'll, like, that'll give me an opportunity to mesh my passions. So I'll be able to destroy things and get paid for it. 
Ah, I think that's, so you're a pyro. Huh? I'm a pyro, exactly. <laughs> so that'll be the that'll be the plan. But like, but what I was saying is, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because the barrier to entry is really, really low, which means anyone can create a, a video of doing whatever it is, or create a podcast for that matter, or write a blog for that matter. There's no barrier to entry. It doesn't cost anything. Obviously, if the kids want to get right. into this arena. Uh, they can get into this arena, but there's it's not a you know if you build it they will come scenario that doesn't uh, doesn't translate right. anymore. So that's what, why mentorship what, is so important. That's why we have yeah. to have programs like this. Why I'm out to train people all over the world to do this program with kids so that they have some kind of guidance, so that they're building a really strong foundation, so that they learn things like integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, yeah. if you're not in integrity, you have nothing. People catch on, and then you get a reputation as a liar, mm-hmm. and then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's, why we, that's why we teach them values. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, Things we're, they're not learning in school. I know. Ain't that the truth? Hopefully that's, uh, that's a change, in, but for right now, it is, it is what it is. But it's, uh, the tipping point, I think, is just right around the corner as far as uh, what we do in schools and the curriculum and so on and so forth. So... Yeah, I think uh, well, so, too. So let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, you've got the Monetize Your Passion Academy. Uh, you've been busy continuing to speak and, and try to help as many people as possible. What uh, If you had words of advice for uh, both young and old, a couple of tips or something to get started, uh, what, what, what do you suggest? How, how do people get started down these paths that you teach? Uh, I would say start with a mentor. Find yourself a mentor or a coach or a really reputable program to get involved with and learn. Learn how to do this so that you set yourself up with a strong foundation because people that just jump in, there, there are some people that already have the sense, the business sense, and can just jump in and do it. But if you don't, you really want to get this information so that you can build a strong foundation. Uh, you, you need to learn to be adaptable, you know, um, entrepreneurship goes with cycles, and I really believe that we're in a cycle now where we're coming back full circle to where we started in this country, which was an entrepreneurial country. Mm-hmm. That's how we started. That's how we got built, and that, that kind of went out when the industrial age came in, and now the industrial age is going out, and the age of automation is coming in. So you have to learn the skills. You have to learn how to be adaptable. I, I just think working with a mentor to make sure that you're on the right track is the best thing that you can do for yourself. I, I you know, not, because I, not every business is viable, right? You may have an idea, but it might not be viable. Do you, you know, you need to learn how to research your idea. You need to see if people are really interested in doing it. You have to figure out things like who are you going to sell to. There's so many skills that you need that are not inherent in the day-to-day education that we get. Yeah, for sure. Richie, what were you going to say about uh, well, it kind of passed, but it was it was going back to her comment with the the school and what's not being taught in yeah. the education yeah. is yeah. because of that industrial age, the school system was set up specifically more or less to teach kids to sit down and shut up and follow directions. And, that's right. And because that's what you did in a factory. You sat down and you did a very specific thing. This whole niche thing is nothing new, right? They put mm-hmm. this part in that piece right Right. for hours and hours and hours there wasn't a lot of creativity and all this and then now if we depend on that old school system to teach the new entrepreneurial skills 
and then wonder why our kids aren't making it, yeah. like, who's at fault? you imagine that on a resume? I can put a number 12 washer <laughs> on a number 6 bolt mm-hmm. faster than anyone else in the world. Yeah, right? and, and how, do you, how do you translate that skill to another thing? Like, there's, there's no wonder people are freaked out on reinvention yeah. sometimes. There's like uh, they I'm can't sorry, s- Rich, but we're, we're only hiring people who can put number 13 yeah. washers on number 7 bolts. So my hand will cramp up if I do that one. <laughs> so you're SOL. <laughs> Oh man. That's right. Yeah. And here's you know, here's yeah. another point yeah. that not everybody can be an entrepreneur. There are some people in this world that really need to have structure and they can't function without the structure, so they can't work for themselves. But you know, a study at Harvard found that kids that have entrepreneurship education, whether they go on to be entrepreneurs or they go on to be employees, stay in school longer. They see the relevance of learning math and English to their lives, and they become better employees, and they have a better chance of um, holding on to a job if they learn how business works. No, that's really, really good stuff. All right, if people want to grab more information uh, about you, where's the best place for them to go? Well, they can go to monetizeyourpassionacademy.com, or if they want more information, because I've got a lot of opportunities for affiliates and sponsorships and people that want to come in and mentor in the classroom, so they can just contact me at info at monetizeyourpassionacademy.com. Okay. All right. Very good. So we will send people there and, uh, of course, encourage you to check out the work that Julia is doing as we are looking here to try to help reinvent youth unemployment and youth employment and so on and so forth and really good stuff so thank you julia newman for being on reinvention radio so kelly uh, uh, kelly i'm trying to talk to you kelly you're not even in front of me i'm texting you right now so uh mary let me ask you this since you actually have a microphone yes uh are, are you scared for your kids like are you enthused for your kids like wh- what's what's your take um porsche's very creative so i know that she'll she'll do something creative mm-hmm. anyway um mm-hmm. Sterling, she's more in the service, like walking dogs, taking care of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm not worried. I'm which is going to be hard to replace that skill in any sort of meaningful way, right? I mean, uh, and Kelly actually, was, I was reading Kelly, she was actually talking about you know, being a, a server, a bartender, those sort of things, right? I mean, those jobs probably aren't going anywhere, are they? I mean, can you imagine if we take the... I don't know, Richie, are those jobs going away too? Are we taking the people out of the community element the, of like a, you know my four things. I say people go online or buy you know, they go online to be entertained, to get educated, to connect, and to buy something. Yeah. It's in one of those four things. So yeah. back to my comment from earlier with what I think people should focus on is um be entertaining educate people, connect with people, and you'll be blown away at how easy it is for you to sell something. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's certainly what we're talking about. I mean, what's inside or, uh, you know, this kid that's opening up these toys and so on, right? So it has all of its educational, it's entertaining. Think about That's what the new commercial has to be entertaining or they won't survive. People are fast-forwarding past everything. The Dollar Shave Clubs and those type campaigns where the the value is the commercial is your only hope. It's interesting. Well, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on things, of course, and share with you what we find. And uh, 
Of course, appreciate you tuning in here uh, to Reinvention Radio. Man, so much to talk about on this subject, but really appreciate Julian Neiman's insight there. And do definitely check out Monetize Your Passion Academy. And we'll talk to you next time here on Reinvention You Radio. just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting thereinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to thereinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinventionworkshop.com.